What you're watching here is the New York City subway shooter Frank James being arrested in New York. And some other footage has arrived about him uh, doing some little podcast rants, etc. Uh, claiming that black and white people should be separated, etc. All that kind of stuff. Uh, obviously, just a real nut job. But that is Frank James being arrested. That was about five minutes ago in uh, New York City. And he also, some, uh, some uh, things uh, uh, came up about his rants and uh you kind of get a clue into where this guy's coming from and what his motivation is uh basically it's extreme uh racism uh you know he's well he's kind of blaming whitey for everything uh hold on let's get this little drunken rat up from him this is frank james the alleged shooter which i think that that allegation the allege is in there just for show but the alleged shooter in the new york subway here he is talking um, I'm not too sure when this happened, but it's online. Tell the American Negro this. I keep telling you the same thing. White people and black people, as we call ourselves, should not have any contact with each other. You still refuse to understand this. You want to make up some fucking story about some Jesus and the Bible said dumb shit. They don't see it that way. They hate your fucking guts. And why do they hate your guts? Because they know that your rightful place is as a fucking slave in this country. They know that. You're the only one that doesn't realize that. And now you want to be equal to them by force. They didn't choose to elect. They didn't elect to make you equal. You had to force them to make you an equal. And now they're just getting more angry and more angry. That anger is building up. And it, nothing can happen here differently than what happened over in Europe with the Jews. I want you to believe that that's possible. I want you to delude yourself and tell yourself this fucking punk ass bullshit about that could never happen here. That could never happen here. Those are famous fucking last words. That could never happen here. Yes, the fuck it could and it will. Boom. So there you have it. <laughs> okay. So Frank James writing there comparing the uh, black plight in America to the uh, Jews and uh, anticipating a genocide of black people. You know, I don't know what world this guy lives in. Obviously, he's um, has some misguided ideas rooted in something. I can't relate to what this guy, his his view on life and where he comes from. But obviously, the guy needed a little bit of help. The guy needed a little bit of help to like pop off on the subway and do what he did. But that's Frank James. That is him talking from his uh, little podcast. Uh, uh, apparently, he's a social media influencer. Uh, in fact, I wonder how many subscribers he's got. But anyways, that's Frank James. Been arrested. And he was calling for the inevitable genocide of black people in America. So, man, I, I just don't I don't understand how somebody can get that. I mean, he lives in New York. He lives in one of the most multicultural places in existence is New York. If you've never been to New York, go to New York, because if you want to talk about a melting pot of society, uh, that would be New York. Um, so anyways, Frank here, he's obviously been upset, been upset with Whitey, been upset with, uh, you know, he's, he's sitting here and he's claiming that they had to fight for their equal rights, which they did, you know, black people in, as a whole. I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen a, like a breakdown of the racial, uh, makeup of his victims. Last time I read, there was like 23 people injured, something like that. 
Uh, so, you know, we did the story earlier about uh, Mr. Abbott, the governor of Texas, saying that he was going to bus people into uh, Washington, D.C. Well, he wasn't bullshitting. And the actual first bus has arrived. Uh, let's see if we can get this. Here we go. Oh, somebody's texting me on the side uh, regarding regarding the uh, regarding the um, the shooter in New York. They found out that the gun was his. It was legally purchased and registered to him. Uh, so I guess I can drop my conspiracies about Biden coming out against ghost guns the day before. And this isn't a ghost gun related incident. White flag, whatever. Red flag sereno- uh, scenario. Yeah, I'm just going to shut up here. Anyways, here's the bus coming in with the migrants into Washington, D.C. Welcome. They give them a Every gift day. basket. So what lesson is that if you're watching in Mexico, Central America, Russia, Ukraine? Uh, don't even go through our system. This is how you get here. Seems like fun. So if you're just joining us, we've been talking all week about how the governor of Texas said, I've got all these buses and I, we can't handle all these illegal immigrants. So we are going to offer them free rides to D.C. if they want to get on one of these buses and join their family or go into D.C. and not stay in Texas. This is the first bus that we have seen that roll that is rolling into Washington as we speak. We got word this is a Fox News exclusive. Our reporter Bill Malugin um, has a source that is giving him this information. And he's a great reporter and, and told us to that guy just have fell our on cameras his ass. there and we did. So we're getting this exclusive video right now of these illegal immigrants that are now going to be living in the Washington D.C. Right, we're going to be paying for it, and I'm sure Joe Biden hopes they become his voters. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. There you go. Um, yeah, you think they're going to do anything about it? You think Joe Biden's going to come down? I mean, they're basically rolling out the red carpet. They've got some guy scanning something there. I don't know what he's doing. That guy on the right, they're giving him something. I saw this other story the other day where the uh, Biden administration and, or the government as a whole is giving these new immigrants a new uh, cell phone when they get here, I guess, so they can contact them or, I don't know, you know, put them on the call list so they can get them in their Democratic voting pool. Who knows? It's just a clusterfuck of a shit show, and uh, this is America. This is America we live in, and Mr. Abbott holding his words true and dropping off immigrants in Washington, D.C. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Well, Black Lives Matter is in the news again, and it's uh, it's uh, we're talking about, I'm not talking about the ID, ideology of Black Lives Matter. I'm talking about the actual charitable organization, Black Lives Matter. Uh, Black Lives Matter, apparently... There's a story in the news, and I don't think I covered it a couple days ago, where a house in L.A. was purchased for $4 million and sold two days later to the Black Lives Matter organization for $6 million. Now, that doesn't seem a little fishy. I don't know what it is, but there's something going on there where there was a, this, this dual purchase of this house within just a matter of days of each other with an, a, an excess $2 million. To me, if I was to sniff something out there, I would allegedly say, oh, it sounds like some type of a money laundering. Like they, they bought it cash for a million, then they sell it to themselves for six. Somebody pockets the $2 million. Who knows? But what is in the news is the BLM co-founder charity transparency laws are triggering. So the co-founder of Black Lives Matter is claiming that charity transparency laws are triggering. Laws that require charities to disclose their finances and activities to the public endanger the lives of activists, Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Culler said in a recent uh, event. The embattled activist who is facing renewed criticism, criticism following reports from BLM Global Network Foundation while under her control, a purchase of a $6 million Los Angeles mansion, said she gets triggered whenever she hears the term IRS Form 990. 
the document that charities are required to file to the public every year, disclosing their financial activities. And I quote, it's such a trip now to hear the term 990, Culler said Friday during an event at the Vashon Center for the Arts. I'm like, ugh, it's like triggering. The Black Lives Matter middleman stonewalls on $6 million mansion purchase. And she said her explanation for her charity buying the uh, $6 million mansion is, I don't owe you an explanation. Well, that's not exactly how you run a charitable organization. But she says again, I actually did not know what 990s were before all this happened, Culler said, an apparent reference to Washington Examiner's reporting in January about BLM's lack of financial and leadership transparency that led multiple states, including California, to order the charity to cease raising funds until it discloses what it did with the $90 million raised in 2020. Culler said the activists suffer trauma and that their lives are put at risk when charities under their control are required to disclose publicly what they did with their tax-deductible donations. Sorry, Ms. Cullers, but that is the way that nonprofit organizations work. You have to have some form of transparency. Apparently, they're new to this, and they don't realize that that is what has to be done. My assumption, once again, my allegation, my assumption is maybe some of this money didn't go to places that they want to see publicly. Otherwise, if you got nothing to hide, then why not show it? But it's triggering. I don't think you're going to be able to get out of this by saying it's triggering. You're still going to have to give that up. So uh, color said activists suffer trauma and that their lives are put at risk. How is your life put at risk by the purchases you made with $90 million donations? There's something fishy going on here. This doesn't seem safe for us. This 990 structure, this nonprofit system structure, color said, this is like deeply unsafe. This is being literally weaponized against us, against the people we work with. Keller said she has been approached by countless activists who are worried that they too will soon field requests from reporters demanding copies of their 990 forms, which charities are required by law to disclose to the public upon request. She says, people's morale in an organization is so important, but if their organization and the people in it are being attacked and scrutinized at everything they do, that leads to deep burnout. That leads to deep, like, resistance and trauma. You know, you can keep saying trauma and all this other kind of stuff and how it's damaging to you, but you're going to have to give up this information. It's $90 million of donations that you are uh, that you received. I wonder how much of that went to uh, police training on how to arrest people, how to arrest people appropriately, humanely. Um, I'm guessing not a single dollar. And I am curious, where did all that money go? But there it is, BLM, uh, the co-founder, kind of resisting uh, transparency in their finances. Okay, other than that, what else do we have? Let me minimize this screen. And let's see. Oh, this was interesting. This was interesting. I, you need you need to see this. You need to see this because this, when I see this, it has to be a, this has to be something trolling. This cannot be real. If it is real, it's pathetic. But this has to be a troll. This has to be a troll, right? So on Twitter, somebody posted, anyone else have trouble convincing your teen kids to continue transitioning? Question mark. My 14-year-old daughter, 
AMAB. I don't even know what that means. I'm pretty up on this shit, but I don't know what AMAB means. Maybe you could, you know, translate that for me in the comments. But my 14-year-old daughter has started refusing her estradiol, estradiol, so I've been crushing the pills and putting it in her cereal in the morning. I'm just not sure why she doesn't want to take her pills anymore. Well, maybe your 14-year-old doesn't want to transition anymore and take her estrogen or whatever the estradiol, estradiol. I'm assuming maybe that's a steroid or a, a testosterone blocker because it is a daughter, so she's transi transitioning to female. But is this real? I mean, is a parent really going to go that far where they're going to take their daughter's pills, their son's pills, and crush them up and put them in their cereal just because they don't want to take them anymore? Why does the child not want to take them to, anymore? D okay, my question is, is do you believe that this is a form of child abuse? Like forcing your male child to take pills to help them transition to a female when they don't want to take them anymore? Talking about a clusterfuck of clusterfucks. I mean, this poor kid probably needs to get an attorney and sue his parents or something. Or, or I don't know if there's criminal charges, but you're drugging somebody with drugs that are have a detrimental effect on their whole history, their whole future, and their body's chemistry and everything that's going on. It just seems ridiculous to me. But there's these nut jobs out there. There's these nut jobs out there doing insane things, and it's just like par for the course. You just see this stuff every day, every day. In the news also is Mr. Joe Rogan, who is uh, making some comments about critical race theory. Here right, we go. Just talking the truth. There's very similar things that we talk about here, and that is some of the curriculum with their kids' school. He's got a nine-year-old, uh, and he came back, and he was talking about why this the nine-year-old is being told that basically she was born a racist because she's white and has to declare a sexuality because she's nine. Really? So Joe Rogan was just talking about how woke his daughter's school is, which is very similar conversations that you're probably having and that we have daily. Listen. When uh, the whole George Floyd thing happened, one of the schools that my uh, kids were going to back in California released this email saying that it's not enough to not be racist. You now must be anti-racist. These kids are not even remotely racist. Like, they have all sorts of different kinds of friends. They, they, I've never heard them discuss it once. It's just, I like this person and she's nice to me and we like to play together and we both like the same things. And let's, so to, to tell a nine-year-old that you have to be anti-racist, well, they're going to go looking for racism. And they're going to go power. looking to confront it. Yeah. But it, I don't know if it's power. It was an, it's an ideology that, is, that captures people. And I think the roots of it in their mind is good that is you're going to stomp out racism but it's this naive person who's an educator who's not, you know i mean i want to disparage anybody but they weren't that good at what they were doing in the first place that's right like they weren't that good at teaching in the first place and now here they are saying they're going to tackle something not not just tackle something as complex as race in america but you're going to establish rules that you can't just be not racist, you have to be anti-racist. And you're gonna teach this to a nine-year-old. It's like, well, what are you saying? Like, what exactly are you saying? What is your end goal? Not only are they doing this to kids, Boom. but they're doing this to adults as well. They want you to prove that you're not 
racist. This is what got you Black Lives Matter, the organization, not the movement. The people and black America and the country were calling for equal justice under the law. And so you had Black Lives Matter to establish this whole platform, all this nonsense that did not relate to what black people really wanted. All these companies decided to give them millions of dollars. And what did that got you, get you? By virtual signaling. They took that money and they bought themselves a mansion. I know. Yeah. A they lot decided, of them. They decided to host parties for their content. And no one's running the company. And no one's running it. The IRS is nowhere to be found. But they were there for all the Tea Party groups, for all the moms. Uh, they're, they're banging down on the doors for, for uh, CRT, the people that are, are going uh, to object to what's happening uh, on, on college campuses as well as in their kids' elementary schools. They want you to virtue signal. They don't want you to be good people. They want you to prove mm -hmm. that you're not racist. Mm -hmm. And that's what got you this nonsense that we're seeing across the country. I don't know who that was, but that guy is point on. He's nailing it, you know? Just ridiculous. Black Lives Matter, the organization, not the movement. The organization is getting away with uh, some fraudulent nonsense. So anyways... Uh, that was Joe Rogan talking about uh, critical race theory with his nine-year-old, and I agree with him 100%. Nine-year-olds are not racist. Unless you come from a really fucked-up home where your mom and dad are cousins and they got one tooth and they fly a Confederate flag, but I believe that's the minority. I don't believe kids nine years old. I, I don't believe kids, for the most part, even older kids. I mean, I noticed that when uh, my sons were in high school, and this was this was years back. My oldest son is 26. I mean, they were just a melting pot of friends. You had melting pot of religions in the friends. They weren't they weren't racist. They weren't going after people because of the color of their skin. Come on. It's this old generation. It's these old folks, old folks like me that try to keep this racism alive in the kids and the critical race theory, teaching somebody that they're inherently racist just because they were born white. That's a fucked up racist thing to be doing in the it, it, from the get go. Kids don't know. Kids don't know. If a kid is racist, it's because adults made them racist. And I don't think an adult coming to them and accusing them of being racist is very helpful to the situation, especially with these young kids. Just ridiculous. That's why I stand up and I'm really for like the Yorba Linda School District, even here in California, which stood up and said, listen, we're not going to do this critical race theory in our schools. We're not going to label people as inherently racist based on the color of their skin. You know, you you rewind it back 10 years ago and the whole argument was, well, we're all pink on the inside, blah, blah, blah. Inside, we're all the same, which, yes, we are all the same. But now it's like taking this big old woke step forward, which is really a step back and saying, ah, uh, no, let's rewind that clock a little bit. And let's say, yeah, you're white. You're racist. You got to prove that you're not. And And proving a negative, proving that you're not something is kind of difficult to do. But people are all over it. Anyways, Californians are fed up with both the Republicans and the Democrats. With both political parties and the Golden State over our escalating crime. I saw this picture. I saw this picture today and it was a Walgreens in San Francisco. We've all seen the videos of these um, just not even smash and grab, just grab uh, duffel bags full of merchandise off the shelves of Walgreens and other stores in San Francisco and just walk right out the door. And nobody does anything about it. Well, Walgreens is stepping up. And they finally, you know, when you go down the aisle at, at a Walmart and there's the razors and stuff, or there's something that's behind the little glass, you know, shields, and you have to call for an associate to come get it out for you. Well, Walgreens in San Francisco is doing that to every item in the freaking store. The whole aisles are just locked down and you have to get an associate to come help you pick anything off of a shelf. But what, what, what can you blame them? 
They're getting robbed left and right, getting robbed blind. They got to do something. So you got to lock stuff up because your patrons are out of freaking control. Uh, but anyways, besides that, this news story right here coming from the right wing Fox News is saying the Californians are fed up with both political parties as crime crisis spirals in the Golden State. Voters in California question if their political party is equipped to address the crime crisis facing the Golden State. And I quote, I think both of them are inadequate at this point because they're using old solutions that never worked in the first place. That was Daniel from the San Francisco. He told Fox News. Paul, a San Francisco resident who said he leans Democrat, told Fox News, there are politicians in both parties he does not agree with. Sometimes you wonder if any of them can do the job. The party I've chosen included. Paul admitted about his Democratic Party. I mean, I'm telling you, there's going to be an uprising. There's going to be an uprising. I think it's a good time for a third party. I think it's a good time for libertarian parties to start, you know, going out there and, you know, propagandizing themselves hugely because people are fed up with the Democrats and the Republicans. Republicans. It's just a shit show. California is a prime example of that, especially the armpit, the butthole of California, which is San Francisco, which is a complete clusterfuck, you know, shit on the streets, all kinds of nonsense going on in Frisco. It's like a third world country over there, you know, uh, anyways, um, during her state of the city speech on March 9th, Francis, Francisco, San Francisco, Mayor London Breed. A Democrat acknowledged that the progressive city had been plagued by rampant vandalism, car and home break-ins, drug use, and gun violence. No shit. When you decriminalize everything and make everything just a small, just, uh, 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 it's not a felony, it's a misdemeanor. Everything, stealing up to $1,000 is a misdemeanor. What do you think is going to happen? Too many people across the city don't feel safe. And who's responsible for that? 100% the politicians in California, including this governor or this mayor and former mayors, they're responsible for that unsafe place. You know what? Stealing a car now in California is a misdemeanor. It's not even a, a felony. If you legalize it, people are going to do it. You think that this is society is a bunch of just like people that are going to do good on their own. Nah, not in places like San Francisco. If you leave them if you leave it in a situation of anarchy where there's no consequences for what you do wrong, people are going to do wrong. Just is what it is. Oh, infuriating. Uh, too many people across the city don't feel safe, Breed said. She went on to downplay crime reports as noise from right-wing media. How are official crime reports, reports just noise from right-wing media? It's statistics. It's crime reports. It's not noise. It's reality. And that's the problem with a lot of these politicians. They live in such a fantasy world. They're so untouched by what's happening on the streets that they can't even relate. They can't even relate. I mean, she sees it happen. She knows it's happening, but she's separated. She's separated by her own staff. She's separated by her own people, her own security. She doesn't have to deal with the nonsense that regular Californians, especially San Franciscans, are dealing with on the daily. And that's Mayor London Breed. You know, she also said that, you know, there's a lot of noise about what's happening in our city. You see it in the headlines, often in the right wing media, the mayor said. They love to talk about San Francisco, don't they? You see it on social media. You see one video take off as if it's telling the whole truth about who we are. I know it's challenging with all that noise to really understand what's happening. Well, then, mayor, tell us what's happening. No, she's just going to criticize what the right's saying, which is truth. And she's going to have no solutions. And, you know, that's about it. In Los Angeles, robberies involving a firearm have increased 44% this year. 
According to a report last month from the LAPD, citywide robberies have increased nearly 18% according to LAPD data. This isn't right-wing conspiracy. This is data. You can't argue with the numbers. Uh, when somebody was asked which party is better suited to solve the crime crisis, Duncan, Duncan, here's Duncan. Duncan looks like he's got a Frappuccino shoved up his ass. But anyways, Duncan of Los Angeles said, probably neither. It doesn't seem like either one is helping. I don't think either party would really want that to stop because they can use it to help them get elected, Duncan said. So he's claiming a little conspiracy. But I'll tell you what, it's it's if, if you think that the Democratic left-wing leaning of this state has not played into this crime rise, you're sadly mistaken. I mean, yeah, Republicans that I hate, Democrats that I hate, I hate professional politicians as a whole. But if you're going to like lean on one party, which has made criminal behavior more acceptable, without a doubt, it's the Democratic Party. Well, this week in Britain, finally, uh, Britain finally came to its senses on trans extremists and cried enough. Now, of course, this is a Daily Mail article, but still, let's see what they have to say. This was the week in which Britain finally came to its senses. We reached a tipping point when people on all sides decided the madness has to stop. On Wednesday, the prime minister declared that biological males should not be allowed to compete in women's sports. And he also dared to suggest that parents should have say in their children's potentially life-changing decisions about gender identity. Wow. Britain is actually using some common sense. We could use some of that here in America. Separately, a key public watchdog announced on Tuesday that women must have safe spaces, including female prisons and domestic violence refugees, uh, that neither men nor trans women can enter. I agree. You can't have like some six foot five trans male going into a woman's prison and like, you know, jacking up their crap and just manpowering everybody. It's not right. Also, this week, a former cabinet minister, Damien Green, said to a BBC interviewer who had criticized him for saying biology is real. You said that I've asserted that biology is real as though that's something controversial. I think once we start saying scientific facts are not real, then we really are in a difficult place. Many of these conversations would have been unthinkable only a few weeks ago. Boris Johnson would have been monstered as a transphobic by his screeching critics, and Green would probably have probably had to resign for his bigoted de defense of science. For years, trans rights extremists has, have successfully bullied and shouted down reasonable mainstream opponents on an array of issues from sports to politics, science to gay rights. Almost inevitably, white, highly paid in and male even if some identify as female, they insist they know better than any woman on what it means to be female, and they subject any woman who disagrees to a vile barrage of abuse and threats. Anyways, this is a, a lot of opinion coming on here. But regardless, Britain is standing up saying no transgender, no biological males in sports, in women's sports, and no biological males in women's prisons, etc. That's progress. Okay, that's progress. This has been Jake with Radio Underland News with a little bit on the on uh, what's going on today, and I will talk to you later. Have a good one.